Hi, welcome to a new episode of That Depends podcast. It's a bit delayed, we know. We are sorry, but that's all about it. Now we have uh, Raja joining us, who will hopefully be a regular member with us on this podcast, and hopefully we'll put out more content at like a uh, decent speed. But this episode, in this episode, what we'll talk about is this Supreme Court order dated third of August, in which the Supreme Court ordered to form a committee on the issue of giving freebies. in elections now this freebies are something which we are not certain about and what will this committee do is also not what we are certain about but i think vasu can explain what basically this order is and what is happening yeah so this order stems from a petition filed by this chap called ashwini upadhyay and he basically instituted a writ petition in the supreme court asking for the practice of political parties distributing or promising to distribute what he calls irrational freebies so he wants the supreme court to step in and curb the distribution of irrational freebies now initially this writ petition started out as a plea to deregister political parties if they engage in the practice of um, distributing freebies right but since then the chief justice has made it fairly clear that he's not going to go into the question of deregistering political parties but like you said he's constituted um this committee to look into the matter this is maybe one of the favorite words the supreme court has um so i think one of the key questions that really is unanswered even after two hearings is what constitutes a freebie right um the petition uses the word irrational freebies so in the courtroom exchange everybody had their own take on what a freebie is right and then the second question is should the court really been looking into uh the kinds of promises that political parties can make to voters right uh so i think those are the two questions that came to mind when i read about this initially yeah uh and this question is actually not something that's freshly in the court right like this question at some level has been discussed before and there has been decent discussion about it and there is also a backing with respect to this and i think the second biggest issue with this is that should the supreme court be doing this and should like is the supreme court right in like getting into these questions so i think these are the two broad frameworks which this episode will be about so the first one is what is this rule and what is this act and i think this flows from something called the representation of people's act of 1881 i'm not really sure what year it no, is no no this is the representation of people's act 1951 right yeah and uh, yeah so i mean in 2013 there was a repetition very similar to this filed in the supreme court uh it was challenging the practice of tamil nadu governments back then so it was actually challenging the uh, actions of two tamil nadu governments so dmk government and an admk government uh, and the first government i think gave color televisions to voters and then the second government started like ex- built on that because obviously it was clearly popular built on that then started giving mixer grinders fans and laptops right and then somebody challenged these actions in the supreme court and at that time the supreme court was fairly clear that this is not something that they're going to get into um it said that this is an issue that should be discussed in legislatures 
which answers your second question in terms of like, should the court really be getting into this? And we can get into that also a little bit. And on the uh, on the first question, I think it's important to point out that in that case, in 2013, this case was called Supramanyam Balaji versus Tamil Nadu, I think. Uh, in that case, the court was faced with a specific scheme, right? So the governments had done this over the last 10 years. They were faced with, okay, this is, is color television a freebie? Is a laptop a freebie, right? But this Ashwini Upadhyay case that the court is hearing today is not a specific scheme by a government, right? It's just saying that political parties shouldn't be promising irrational freebies. So what all the lawyers in court seem to be arguing is like, is this a freebie? Is that a freebie? Um, is a loan waiver a freebie? Is a gold chain being given to voters a freebie? Right. So I think this is the first first major issue with this case is that nobody can agree on what a freebie actually is. Right. And like it, there seems to be a consensus that a freebie is problematic, but nobody can agree on exactly what a freebie is. Yeah, and I think the overbreadth of the term freebie is very relevant and and also something for us to think about, right? Because, because we've seen that uh, a, a wide variety of schemes are described as freebies. So, you know, as you said, gold chains are described as freebies. And on the other end, there are many schemes that are considered to be, you know, embodiments or, or manifestations of, you know, recognized human rights of people residing in India, such as right to life and right to health and right to food. Uh, in the form of schemes such as access to healthcare and access to food rations are also categorized as freebies. And when the court considers all of these various schemes under the single title of freebies, there will be a massive issue as to whether what could reasonably be considered a freebie and set aside, and set aside to be dealt with um, by the law later on. And what are really uh, entitlements of beneficiaries and which should not be interfered with by either the courts or other organs of the government. Yeah, but then that's where, that's where the question also lies, no? That because you cannot define what a freebie is, because it is dependent on like, A, depending on what the state needs. You know, every state may have their own aspirations every locality may have its own aspirations or its own perspective or what needs these things and like they'll have, they'll have their own needs for that matter so how do you then have an order that explains the legality of this and that, that explains you know freebies are wrong because a are freebies really wrong i think that's also a question if if we could come out with a definition of saying that for example cash for votes that is wrong but like, why do we say cash for votes is wrong? And there is a legal argument to that, which is which comes from the representation of people's side, which is saying that you are inducing someone to vote for you on, on basis of a monetary reward that you're giving. Basically, it's a, you are bribing them to vote for you. And then that logic is extended to say that freebies should not be allowed. But where, but where is that line being drawn and who's drawing that line? I think there it comes out. And sorry, there the interesting bit is the composition of the board that the Supreme Court is asking to be made. So the board, I think, includes the election commission. And like it's like it's escaping me. Also, can just tell us what, what who all are in the board? The new committee that's the been formed. Is forming, yeah. Yeah. So they the actual individuals haven't been appointed, but um, the Supreme Court said they are hoping for representations from the Reserve Bank of India, the Finance Commission. 
and parties across the political spectrum, right? Um, I think I just want to like point out two things um, based on what you said. One is um, on the question of like bribery, right? So in the Subramaniam Balaji case, the court actually specifically said that making a poll manifesto promise, right, does not constitute bribery. So they've dis differentiated what you said from cash for votes from a manifesto promise promising a future benefit, right? I mean, and they haven't gone into this expressly, but I think the two immediate differentiating factors are, one, you're giving the individual cash before they actually vote, right? Two, the understanding behind like restricting bribery or the cash for vote scheme is that you want a voter to vote on certain normative criteria that are democratic. So you want them to vote for the government that will lead to the best possible future and not for their own individual benefit as well. And um, lastly, the court expressly says this, that if you start penalizing poll manifestos, right, like Raja pointed out, almost any benefit that the government promises in the future, right? And let's remember that manifesto promises are not binding, right? It's not like a straight quid pro quo that um, the government, like I, the government promises me a gold chain, I vote for this party and then I get a gold chain, right? It's not that simple because one, it's not a direct quid pro quo because it's a secret ballot, right? Two, the manifestos are not binding themselves, right? So the government can turn around tomorrow and say, I'm not going to give you a gold chain. Right? So it's a little bit different from his typical bribery situation. But also the court said that, like Raja pointed out, um, every, every conceivable government scheme is at some level like providing some benefit. Right? If the government today promises that I will enact an act that gives free healthcare to all citizens, Right. That's a like, you know, arguably the court would, would be happy with that. And like, if you would all be happy with that, um, but now is that like a freebie or is that, you know, so I think there's uh, some amount of a, a value judgment that people are placing between, say, giving a gold chain or giving a laptop or giving cash and then making this other like say building infrastructure like building roads or building hospitals and that actually the chief justice talks about that right he says like on one hand we are a welfare state but on the other hand infrastructure needs to be built right so there, there, there is that implicit distinction that they're making that actually isn't apparent in law and and one more thing that seems interesting is that you know uh, what are categorized as freebies might really be the interests of certain interest groups in the in the electorate, right? Like, uh, which are in this case the marginalized sections largely. Um, so, so it it is naturally the case that in any democracy, interest groups uh, take part in the electoral process to ensure that their their interests are secured for. So, just like business interests will fight for free electricity, free water free land so that they can institute their uh, organizations and corporations in a state or a region. Uh, people from the marginalized sections fight for these interests. Um, and, and, and if they're able to succeed in getting them, uh, so this is really a culmination of the process of fighting for their interests, just like any other interest group fights for. So I think, I think we should look at it that way and, and this can be an interesting lens through which we can distinguish from it from the regular current practices that we think about. And the, uh, the most prominent example being paying money to people 
to vote for a certain party. Yeah, I, I think then, then with the idea of interest groups, the extension of that is which interest group can reach the court and put their point forward. Right. So right now there is a BGP, a BGP member who has filed this red petition. There would be lawyers across spectrum, but those lawyers across spectrums are also representing people from a certain background. So whose voices are being heard and then who's deciding what a freebie is. And I think last in your article that you wrote, you talked about this, that should should which which I think is my main question, which I'm really aggrieved by, is that should courts be really deciding this? Because what a freebie is and how a freebie should be defined is not the court's job because either the court cannot look into who is representing before themselves. Like these are certain interest groups who are trying to put their point across. For example, water may not be a big deal for me, like free water, but I remember being in Delhi at some point and the water bills had really reduced. And like it was a big save from people who worked on a monthly budget, it was a big help for them. But now that helped certain party to get votes. And now is that a freebie? Should there be should there be free water for everyone, or should there be a certain limit of how much water can you get? Should electricity be free for farmers? See, all of these are loaded political questions. They are not legal questions that have to be looked at. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like that's kind of hits the nail on the head, both you and Raja with the nail on the head in that uh, it's really the culmination of what we understand as democracy in that every interest group has the right to petition their political parties and their political leaders and ask for certain concessions, certain benefits, right? And as soon as you start regulating that, then you are basically sitting over and above the needs of individual voters. Right? You are saying that, no, you know, an individual voter shouldn't be asking a political party for free water, right? Or, you know, um, because ultimately, like, political parties are also, like you said, like, they're responding to the facts on the ground and what people are willing to vote for, right? If people are voting for them for providing free water, then there is obviously a need for free water. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Now, today, if the Supreme Court sets up a committee... Right. And says that, no, you can't promise free water in your election manifesto. Right. Then, like you said, you have effectively said that you have allowed the party that has come to the court right, to dictate what kinds of promises that individual voters can demand of their political representatives. Right. Which is like quite crazy if you think about it. <laughs> it's not democratic. So this is like. To say the least. Yeah, it's it's completely anti-democratic, and you're using the court and this expert committee of the court to yeah. like effectively bypass what hundreds of thousands of voters think across the country. And like you said, it's so politically loaded, and it's so specific to each state or each locality, right? The needs of somebody in a city like Delhi, the voters there may be drastically different from somebody who is say working in like rural Orissa or like Rajasthan, right? So. It should be up to them really to just decide what they want from their political parties and the political parties have the right to respond to that. And I think, I mean, there's a fairly clear line both in our practice and across the world in terms of what political parties can't offer, right? And that is, you can't say threaten to secede from your country. You can't um, suggest the like overthrow of the government or like overthrowing of like a, a democratic system, right? So even our constitution, for example, uh, well, I think the Representation of People's Act specifically says that you can't make an appeal um, 
for communal violence. You can't make an appeal against the ideas of the constitution, right? So that's the standard to which political parties are held to. But below that, right, as long as you're offering something that ultimately will benefit the people, who is the Supreme Court or who is the Supreme Court's expert committee? Who are they to say that, you know, this is what you can say and this is what you can't say? I think that's really the, the tension in this case in terms of the who decides question. You know. And and uh, and adding on to Vasu's point that he elaborates in his paper, um, considering that a lot of schemes that come under the category of freebies are really, you know, entitlements and a certain human right, uh, the, uh, it would be good for us to understand that, you know, in in most of the situations, the court, we should not understand the court to be the sole arbiter of all disputes involving rights, right? Some disputes, for example, pertaining to the right to the, the right to health that a quote-unquote freebie or free healthcare can offer can be adjudicated not in the court, but really by the electorate during the electoral process on the basis of the manifesto. So, so these are also constitutional issues in our case that, that uh, institutions apart from the court can decide. And I think the court would, I mean, I think it is in this situation that we must realize that the court is not and ought not to be the sole arbiter of all human rights disputes. Or, or, or just all disputes. You know, by the end of it, we, we trust the Supreme Court too much at some point, I realize. And I think what is interesting is what the election commission, so the election commission was asked to give an affidavit with respect to this case. And I think they basically said that we do cannot look into this. And like this question, we cannot do anything. Like if political parties are offering something which is not against the representation of People's Act, we can't really do anything. And that was quite, quite true, but nobody accepted it. But that is the legal point, right? Like if political parties are doing something and people are choosing them for saying these things, then do you want people to vote differently? Do you want like the electorate to like change how they think? But then can you force that change on them through a judgment? And that just, I think, opens litigation further. You know, like, for example, if there's a definition of what a freebie is, then every year you will see every election season, there will be some challenge with respect to is this a freebie or not? And I think another thing election commission was also said was that, you know, if people find that something they're saying is a corrupt practice, then what they have to do is file an election petition under the act. So there they say, do you have a remedy with for all of this, then why are we doing this exercise? And then this just shows that idea of the executive court, right? Like, because I don't know, either we feel that the other institutions of a democracy have failed so much that we only trust the court to do something, which is also a bit off. Or the second is the court in itself believes that we are the ones who will solve every, all problems of this country, which is also extremely off. So, so, so I think we are. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to make like one last point on like what the role of the court, like, you know, stepping outside the framework of what you just said and saying like, if what would we want the court to do in a situation like this, right? And I mean, like some of the a lot of the discourse in like what what's been reported in the courtroom exchanges seems to stem from the idea that you know these freebies are like fiscally irresponsible they lead to huge ballooning budget deficits and then you know we might be in a sri lanka position where like there is just yeah. no money in the country right and in, if that is the concern right then the 
maybe the the mandate given to the election commission should be or oh, regulate freebies the mandate should be you know start educate because the election commission already has existing mandates on voter education right they already require manifestos to contain some amount of explanation on how they're going to finance the the projects they're proposing right so maybe the mandate given to the election commission should be okay if we are worried about fiscal irresponsibility then you need to start a public awareness campaign and you need to start like raising the profile of these kind of issues of say the risks of electing somebody who might run a, run a budget deficit right because in many countries there are slightly more mature democracies budget deficits are a political issue right and people actively debate them on news channels in like uh, amongst political candidates right we're not there yet in india but if that's the real concern then that would seem a more like sensible solution for the supreme court to nudge the commission and you know it's its committee to do rather than like try and say we want to outlaw freebies or we you know we worried about freebies like that's a very like vacuous discussion to have i agree i agree and 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 actually rooting back to um reshab's point about uh the court not being the right institution to deal with this issue we say this but on the other hand the solicitor general uh, implored the court to pick this issue up constitute a body of experts and then pass directions so which will be enforced till the legislature makes a law so on the one hand we want institutions other than the courts uh, in this case as vasu rightly pointed out the election commission to deal with these issues and also deal with ancillary issues but on the other hand you know the state pushes this obligation on to the court uh, to deal with and we end up with solutions that might not be satisfactory to anyone involved I think it's easiest. No, it's easier to say that let the court decide. Like who will go to the parliament, who will debate, who will pass a bill. Let the Supreme Court decide, and we'll just follow it. It's just someone else's headache. That that is basically the the state that like like imagine if all institutions come out and say that you know we don't have to you don't have to look into this. Then that would be interesting turn of events. But they will come out with suggestions. so they want the court to actively look into it and like escape the idea of legislating well i think we can leave it there i mean today is the 15th of august so i guess it's a happy independence day to everybody but uh, the court is hearing this matter on the 17th so if something outrageous happens then we might be back here for uh, a follow up episode but uh, i guess we'll now have to wait and watch this issue okay yeah thank you guys Thank you. Thank and you. hopefully Raja will obviously guess this right Raja we want you more on these episodes so that he comes more. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes, right. Thank you guys. Bye.